1: Everybody. Welcome back into another edition of Future Brew, Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on Mason Brew, the SB Nation podcast network. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me as always is my co host and partner in crime, John Simmons. John, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, Vaughn. Excited, big decision coming up for uh, Michigan basketball.
1: Big decision indeed, and I believe we will start with that on the podcast this week. Isaiah Todd, big decision coming up here on Thursday. He will be deciding between John Howard and Michigan or the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, th- this recruitment's actually been very interesting to monitor because Isaiah was never really considering Michigan under John Beeline. Of course, Beeline had the uh, strict guidelines of you have to you know meet the academic requirements and uh, a, a visit officially on campus and visit with all of the, the schools that you would be, uh, uh, the specific programs that you would be visiting uh, for your for your major, your degree, things along those lines, which Jawan Howard, it's, it's much more laid back. He's offering five stars left and right. He's offering high four stars left and right. And uh, this is a recruitment that once Jawan Howard came into the picture in Michigan, he got his uh, recruiting game going pretty strong right out right out of the gate and Isaiah Todd was one of those guys now all of a sudden Michigan is uh, drawn close to uh, their first five stars since Glenn Robinson the third under John Beeline. Uh this will be the first big time pickup for Juwan Howard at Michigan not really counting uh, Franz Wagner there uh, although that was a big pickup uh, for the 2019 class this will be Juwan Howard's first uh, a full-time recruiting class uh, for the Michigan Wolverines. So, like I said, it's down between Michigan and Kansas now. Uh, the decision is going to be coming on Thursday. Uh, th- this has been very interesting to monitor, John, just being able to see Juwan Howard step in, offer these guys, get them interested in the program so quickly uh, because Isaiah was being monitored very closely by Kentucky, and then they kind of backed off to go for some other guys. North Carolina came in with an offer, and that's his in-state school. He's from Raleigh, North Carolina, so you would have imagined that they would have been a big into this recruitment as well. But they kind of backed off as well, uh, going in the direction of a few other guys. And uh, and now all of a sudden it's Michigan and Kansas. John, what what have you thought about this recruitment? And and like I said, just Jawan Howard coming in real quick, being able to get this guy interested and Michigan's now in Isaiah Todd's final two.
2: Yeah, I think it's been a good strategy by Howard so far. It's pretty interesting. He's kind of playing a numbers game here. There's a handful of schools, you know, Duke, Kentucky, UNC, like you mentioned, who Todd was interested in before. Um, But, you know, there's only 13 scholarships available for uh, NCAA, you know, uh, basketball. So there's only so many slots that these schools have open every year. And I think Howard was just thinking that if he offers, you know, a good portion of the top 40, 50 kids in the country, these big blue blood schools are going to fill up at some point. And uh, Howard, you know, with his track record in the NBA and, you know, the cool factor being the Fab Five and the success that Beeline's built, Michigan's in that solid second tier now that he can be there and scoop everything, you know, the rest up that the Dukes and the Kentuckys can't nab. Um, and you know, I think that's exactly what happened with Todd. He was leaning Kentucky for a while, but then he wanted to take an official visit. But Kentucky told them, told him, uh, no, that they're you know pursuing some other guys, and it's actually like the third top twelve guy that Kentucky has been able to you know say no, which is quite the luxury. And so that kind of narrowed down Todd's list and pushed him towards Michigan and Kansas. And now I think, uh, you know, the sanctions coming for Kansas and, you know, the infamous Snoop Dogg show in front of his mom has really put uh, Michigan in the pole position here.
1: Yeah, they're they're in uh, definitely the better position of the two schools. Uh, that's for sure. In the last uh, six or seven, it looks like crystal balls have come in favor of Michigan with the last being. Uh, as recent as five days ago. So uh, it it looks like this is Michigan's to lose at this point. And uh, you bring up a really good point of all these other schools kind of backing off just because they they have these other five stars and high four stars that they're willing to bring in instead. And uh, quite the luxury to have for the Kentuckys of the world and North Carolina, Duke, uh, schools like that. Uh, If that's the way that Michigan's going to be getting these high profile recruits, that's perfectly fine by me um you know you you take them any way that you can get them and if you're able to get a one-and-done guy and that's something that Michigan hasn't really seen a lot of uh over the last several decades is one-and-dones in fact John Beeline's first one-and-done came last year with uh Iggy Brezdakis he was the very first one-and-done that John Beeline coached at U of M uh it just goes to show that you don't get these guys very often uh or at least they didn't with John Beeline as the head coach. And now that Juwan Howard's here and offering more of these guys, it seems like this is the direction that Michigan's going to go in. Uh, so it, it's very interesting to see all this happen, especially so quickly. Uh, but, but like you said, I agree. I, I think Michigan's in a prime position here. I, I think this is, uh, he, I, I feel like he's Michigan bound at this point. Uh, it looks like Kansas will probably, I have to go into a different direction there. And uh, it, they they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, going to be scrambling here for their 2020 class just because I'm sure that these sanctions have quite a bit to do with it. But it looks like they only have one guy committed to their uh, 2020 class at this moment in time. So, uh, unfortunately for them, they'll have to go into a different direction. But it for for me at least, I I think Michigan's going to be uh picking up the commitment here.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest competition now for Michigan is the potential for playing ball overseas. Um, Todd's been a uh, Considering going to Australia, I think it is to play uh, basketball professionally before he goes to the league, which kind of reinforces the fact that he'll be probably be a one and done player here at Michigan. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I know there's some rumors that that's why schools like UNC and Kentucky may have backed off, but I don't see how you know Kentucky's so used to one and duns right now. I, I really don't think that the the threat to play overseas would be that big to them, but um since they can, you know, come in and scoop someone else up um with little notice. But we'll see how that plays out. I think Howard's gonna have his uh work cut out for him trying to keep Todd, you know, stateside. He did already finish off the Franz Wagner Wagner uh recruitment, getting him to uh come to America and get him away from his German pro team. So I think he has, you know, the experience already mm-hmm. in uh you know pitching college versus the pros so i think that'll give him you know a good edge here but that'll just be interesting to see if they can convince his convince his camp that uh he should stay in america to play yeah it,
1: it'll be an interesting thing to just look for moving forward with with more of these kids um you know potentially wanting to play overseas for one season or two seasons and then going to the nba coming back to america and living out their dream cuz i mean the standard has just been, you know, go go to college for a year or two go to the draft and then just start your NBA career. But now I feel like a lot of kids are getting fed up with the whole not being able to get paid thing. And uh, there, there's definitely the option to do that uh, mm-hmm. overseas. So now now that they have that option, it, it seems like the sexier option to me. If I were an 18-year-old high-profile basketball player, I, I, I feel like I would want to get paid for for what I do as well. Uh, but, but it, I, I don't think that'll affect Isaiah. I, I think this will be uh, a, a lock in the lock in for, uh, for Michigan, but it, it'll certainly be something to monitor moving forward with more of these high profile players, especially since Michigan's going to be in after a lot of these guys. And really, I guess the, uh, I mean, I mean having to compete with Kentucky and Kansas and, and Duke North Carolina and, all these other schools, it's it's difficult enough. But then having to convince uh, these high-profile kids to to stay in America and go to college and uh, play for a year instead of going overseas and playing at a professional level, getting paid for what you're doing, I, I feel like that's got to be another thorn in the side of these college basketball coaches too, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course this conversation's all, you know, not – Uh, considering the the bags that some of these schools will drop, um, which we've definitely seen is a thing Mm -hmm. lately. So we always have to consider that. Um, But yeah, I know it's, I mean, some kids just aren't cut out for college um, and they want to go play overseas and that's totally fine for them. But I think we, and we might see that trend, you know, happening more and more Mm -hmm. um, as it goes along. I definitely can see that picking up. but. We'll we'll have to see. I think that coaches, you know, college coaches aren't going to lie down and let the top guys go overseas, especially with the threat of you know the one and done rule being uh, repealed. I think that that could also shift up the basketball recruiting landscape a bunch. So I think they're going to come up with some ways, to, you know, to more to attract, uh, keep those guys coming to their schools, and you know, keeping their high their profile their programs high profile, which they need to you know sustain. Mm -hmm. success
1: yeah and 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 i i feel like yeah (laughs) it's just that's just the trend today and they're gonna have to continue to do it and uh just continue to fight against these other schools and then the foreign the foreign uh basketball leagues as well i mean you see it every year in the nba draft you'll see players out of uh you know all, all these other countries that have professional basketball leagues it's not just kids coming out of the big schools or anything along those lines, you'll see foreign players left and right get drafted in the NBA. And if these five-star players end up going overseas, they'll they'll still hear their name called on draft night. It's just that they'll have a little extra money in the bank account to be able to do that. So I, I do think it, it, it's, it, it's an interesting conversation. It, it's an interesting trend that's been going on over the last several years, more so the last year or two. So, um, it it'll definitely be something to monitor as uh Jawan Howard uh, it continues to take a step forward in recruiting and and uh, you know it, it it's certainly interesting we'll we'll just have to see how this all plays out for Jawan in these upcoming recruiting classes but uh, as far as Isaiah Todd goes I I fully expect him to pick Michigan on Thursday um, did you have anything else before we uh, wrapped up this this conversation here John.
2: Um, I don't think so. Uh, there's no other decisions really coming up soon. And, uh, I think maybe we'll see next week with, uh, the, the Notre Dame game. If, uh, Howard gets another, you know, pair of top 40 guys to mm-hmm. visit like usual, but I don't think there's anybody on yeah. top right now. So it's kind of a waiting period. Um, cause I know this weekend, um, this past weekend is, was the, uh, USA basketball training camp in Colorado. Um, so not a lot of kids are taking visits because they're all there trading. And the big advantage for Michigan is that Joan Howard was allowed to be there because his son, Jet, who's a 2022 uh, kid, I believe, was part of the camp. So that was pretty beneficial yeah. that Howard could be there, get some FaceTime, you know, start recruiting off the books a bit.
1: Absolutely. That, that's always a big, big help in the recruiting game. Just being able to do all the extra stuff that goes along with uh, having a kid. That also plays basketball. So we will see on Thursday officially whether uh, a big-time power forward, five-star Isaiah Todd, decides to join Zeb Jackson, shooting guard here, a four-star shooting guard there, Zeb Jackson, in the uh, 2020 class for Michigan. And uh, Juwan Howard might get his uh, first time – or first big-time player in the 2020 class here. We will certainly see, but that will be – Decision on Thursday. So coming up here, we will uh, talk some Michigan football recruiting, uh, including the uh, transfer of one uh, former uh, big-time tight end recruit. So stick with us and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. And we are back to end the show today. We're going to talk about some Michigan football recruiting. Uh, Obviously, there won't be any visitors this weekend since Michigan has uh, a road game at Penn State. Next week, we should probably see some big-time guys coming in for the Notre Dame game. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about Mustafa Muhammad, tight end, four-star in the 2018 class, who just decided a few days ago that he is going to enter the transfer portal. He was passed up by Luke Schoonmaker, who was also in the 2018 class. He was a a three-star guy at the time. Muhammad was one of the bigger recruits in Michigan's class. He was the third highest ranked recruit in that class behind Aiden Hutchinson and Cam McGrone. Obviously, those two guys are striving in Michigan's defense right now. Muhammad never really made it onto the scene. He redshirted last year and didn't play a single game. And uh, He played in a couple games this year. I don't know if he ever really made it onto the field as a tight end, but he was playing special teams there for a few games Uh, so far this season. Obviously, he'll be taking his talents somewhere else. You would imagine he'd probably move closer to home, go to somewhere in Texas. That's where he's from. Uh, But moving forward with tight end recruiting, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Michigan's already got two committed in the 2020 class. They're obviously going after a third. And Theo Johnson, who we've talked about quite a bit at this point on the podcast, Do you think at this point, John, that Michigan will take three tight ends if Theo uh, Johnson ends up committing to Michigan? Or do you still foresee maybe one of those two already committed players uh, decommitting and looking elsewhere?
2: Yeah, I think that there's only going to be at most two tight ends in the class, um, depending if Johnson wants in or not. Um, Nick Patterson's been taking, he took an official visit to Georgia Tech a few weeks ago. Um, I think he visited. A&M or something over the summer so he's uh, I think he's gonna look around um, a bit as the cycle goes on I don't think he'll end up in the class Um, and then you know Matthew Hibner the staff really loves Um, he's been a great find and kind of fits the profile of um, some other tight ends that have had success in Michigan like Sean McCune and now Luke Schoonmaker like these guys you know out of out of the recruiting spotlight a bit but who are you know have all like the athleticism that you could want out of the position? You know, Sean McCune was like the number one spark um, player, had the number one spark score at his position in his cycle. And uh, after <clears throat> Michigan found Hibner, the twenty four seven was waiting, <clears throat> was waiting to see his uh, forty time. Um, and once to uh, bump him up, and once they saw that he ran like a four eight. Electronic time, they've moved him all the way up into uh, just outside their top 247. So I think he's another guy in that mold that uh, the staff really likes, and it's turning out well for them uh, targeting these types of guys. So I think he's the priority. Um, Patterson may look around, and if Johnson wants in, um, they'll take him. So I think it'll be maximum two, but probably likely one if Johnson picks uh, Penn State.
1: Yeah, I I would imagine that they'd probably only go after two guys as well, and yeah, that that Hibner recruitment was really interesting. They offered him back in May, and then it was about a week later, or so he just decided to commit, and um, and he he was being recruited by a few other top schools there. Virginia Tech was the the main one. That was one of his uh, in state schools that that he was uh, very fond of. Decided to commit about a week later and locked in two tight ends. And that that's when people were like, whoa, they already got two tight ends. And one of them's not Theo Johnson. What's going on here? But yeah, it looks like, looks like Nick Patterson's probably going to end up decommitting and, and go somewhere else. Uh, he's been taking visits quite often this year and hasn't, I, I don't even remember the last time that he visited Michigan, but he's been committed to Michigan for over a year now. And if he's taken uh, visits and, all this other stuff elsewhere, you would imagine that a decommitment is probably upcoming there. Um, and hopefully he finds a school that he's able to play at and, and uh, just finds the best school for him. But yeah, I, I would imagine that if Theo ends up committing, then Nick Patterson would probably decommit, but I could see him staying in the event that Theo Johnson ends up going somewhere else like Penn state, Iowa, Georgia, one of his other final four Um uh, including Michigan. So um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, with with Muhammad, de- or, uh, with Muhammad entering the transfer portal and not really getting playing time. And it was interesting that he even ended up doing that. In my opinion, I thought he was going to get some decent playing time next year uh, with the fact that Nick Eubanks is going to be gone. And so is Sean McCune, both seniors. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out moving forward. And the tight end position is definitely going to look uh, quite a bit different next year.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you made a good point about Patterson not visiting lately. Like his brother's the starting quarterback. I think it's odd that, you know, Mm -hmm. he hasn't been up. Um, He did that a lot last year and early in the season, I think he may have visited, but the fact that he hasn't been up there in a while is telling. Um, But I think the, the Michigan tight end room should be okay. I believe that, Eubanks can get a red shirt and may and should be back next year um I think he only played in a couple games his freshman year I'm not sure if it was after the point Hmm. uh it was before the you know that you can play four games at any point rule um but without him they'll have Schoonmaker and uh Himder coming in but yeah Muhammad just didn't uh I don't think he was developing as quickly as the the staff had wanted and Schoonmaker had obviously passed him so I think it's one of the, you know, some of these transfers that Michigan's had, like, you know, James Hudson or maybe Drew Singleton have been kind of head-scratching where they think there was some clear playing time for him available if he just waited out a little bit. And I don't, I'm not sure if, Muhammad just seems like he was, he just, the other players were better. And if they're in the same class as him, then he's not really going to get his a a good shot so it makes sense to transfer Mm -hmm. I think now the difference is just with the transfer portal that people are doing it more in the middle of the season than waiting until after the season
1: yeah I I found the timing of the whole thing odd it it just seemed like a a very uh strange time to publicly announce on Twitter that he's going to be entering the transfer portal and just 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 very odd timing to me after a Michigan win with with all this the big games coming up and all this and that. But I mean, if, if the time was right for him to do it, then the time was right. But I, I just didn't see it happening uh, especially so uh, so quickly and so out of the blue really uh, kind of just came out of nowhere, but that's just how it goes sometimes with uh, with college football, especially nowadays with this whole transfer portal being a thing. And, and on, and I, I saw on Twitter today, today is actually uh, the, the one year anniversary of the transfer portal. How about that, John?
2: Yeah. yeah it's gotten uh, plenty of attention in it yeah, thing, yeah. <laughs>
1: October fifteenth, two 2018, that's when the transfer portal was invented or created. I don't know what you want to call that, but but yeah I- interesting times here in college sports and with all this transferring and all this and that it's it's certainly an interesting time but to uh, wrap up the show today we will quickly talk about Bra McGregor. He is uh, the second-highest-ranked player in Michigan's 2020 class, right behind A.J. Henning, the wide receiver. McGregor, obviously the in-state defensive end. He's from Port Huron. Unfortunately, sustained quite the injury over this past week, and he's going to be done for the rest of his career in high school. He still plans to enroll early at Michigan, uh, but, but this past weekend he allegedly tore his PCL, his MCL, and his meniscus. And uh, he's supposed to have surgery on all of that sometime this week or next week. Uh, very unfortunate news for McGregor, who it honestly kind of looked like he might come in as a true freshman and, and get some, some early playing time. But uh, with this injury, kind of, may force him to sit out for, obviously, probably the spring, all those practices. And then uh, potentially going into summer, so we'll it, it'll be interesting to see how much it affects 2020 as far as how much playing time he gets, and and hopefully he's able to recover quickly here. But um, definitely unfortunate news for for Michigan and their uh, highest ranked in-state guy in this 2020 class, John.
2: Yeah, it's a huge bummer for McGregor to lose. You know, the second half of his senior season. Um I know Port Northern Huron was or Port Huron Huron North was uh, six and one, so they were uh, doing well. Um, but he should be um I think he's getting surgery this week and is still planning to enroll early, like you said. So he'll get some, you know, attention from some excellent doctors there at Michigan. Um I yeah, I think he was on track to be kind of like an Aiden Hutchinson was last year where you kind of get in the rotation as a true freshman, see some time, hopefully show some flashes like Hutchinson did that you're ready to uh, contribute more your second year um, and that's still on the table I, I mean it's gonna be around uh, ten months before the you know uh, fall camp starts um he has plenty of time to heal, and I know he said he still wants to contribute his freshman year I mean obviously we'll see about that everybody's body's different and how they respond but I definitely believe that he'll work hard in his rehab and try to get back. But I don't think it'll be a huge loss if he has to redshirt his freshman year. Most of the defensive line contributors will be coming back, except for maybe Mike Dana. So um, I think he'll be – I think maybe he just should take the year off to redshirt, You know, get back to full strength, and hopefully we can see him as a redshirt freshman a couple years from now.
1: Yeah, and it's also unfortunate because he was selected to play in the Under Armour All-American Bowl and uh, the Polynesian Bowl as well. So he's going to be missing those opportunities to really shine in the national spotlight and potentially move up in the rankings. Right now he's number 106 in the nation. But if he were to play well in those two games, he may move into that top 100 there. And, and who knows, maybe he still will uh, with, with the updates coming that 24-7 always has. Uh, but at this point, it doesn't seem very likely. Uh, he, he would have had that opportunity to do that if he had played in those, uh, in the Under Armour All-American Bowl and then the uh, Polynesian Bowl. And uh, and now that those opportunities are gone, uh, he, like you said, he's just got to work on rehab and getting back to a uh, full strength and then coming to Michigan and uh, being under the supervision and guidance of those very talented doctors over there at the university. So uh, definitely a bummer, definitely a bummer that that he can't, play anymore in high school. Uh, his his high school career is over and uh, won't be able to participate in those bowls that, that offered him the, the opportunity to do so. And I know that that's always a, a big thing for these recruits to be able to play in these bowl games with the, the very best high school players in each class. And uh, now he's not able to do that. So definitely unfortunate news. Hopefully he's able to recover here quick and uh, get back to full strength. Maybe we'll see him in 2020, I would imagine we probably would in some capacity. Probably won't be a, a season-altering injury for him as far as getting back onto the field for next year. But with all the rehab that he has to do and and uh, uh, everything else in between, hopefully he's able to come in, uh, heal up, and then potentially, like you said, have a uh, Aiden Hutchinson-like role at Michigan uh, his freshman season, get in there maybe in the two deep even if it's in the three deep and we only see him for a few games, that would be uh, definitely something. It would be better than having him play in no games and then redshirt and then seeing what else happens, because we've seen players like that in the past. Uh, as as recently as a guy like Drew Singleton, who came in, was recovering from a torn ACL, redshirted his freshman year, never got the chance to play, and then ended up transferring. And I'm not saying that that's uh, you know, impending for Braden by any means, but Uh, We've seen it happen, and you would definitely want to see a high-profile player like Brayden McGregor on the field sooner rather than later uh, at Michigan if if he's talented enough to get on the field and recover from his injuries. So it'll certainly be interesting to monitor, Um, but yeah, like I said, hopefully he's able to heal up and get back onto the field uh, sooner rather than later. But did you have anything else, uh, John, that you wanted to talk about real quick as far as Brayden or anything along those lines?
2: Uh, nope, not really. Connor Cook was just drafted second overall in the XFL.
1: <laughs> second overall, huh? Okay, well, yep. that's...
2: Still waiting for uh Michigan Still guy. waiting.
1: I, I know that there are a few guys, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Ty Isaac's in there, yeah. Chaining Stribling's in there. Uh, yeah, Logan yes, tully yep. Um Yeah, there yeah, are a, a few other guys that are getting drafted in the XFL, so... But yeah, we'll, we'll see what pep hamilton we'll, does we'll have a podcast next week diving into every xfl draft pick yeah. um no we we actually won't do that that's a total joke we're not doing that um but yeah i think that's going to uh, wrap it up here john uh thank you as always for listening please uh like these and subscribe on any of the podcasting platforms where you get your podcasts apple google spotify wherever you get your podcast be sure to like us on Twitter, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Mays and Brew. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. and John. Where can they follow you at
2: uh, Simmons underscore? And we will John. be
1: back next week with another future brew recruiting podcast. Tomorrow, out of the blue, we'll be back here on the recruiting or on the podcast network to talk more about the upcoming game against Penn State. So for John, I am Vaughn. We will talk to you guys next week and go blue.